The federal workforce and its partial plight have dominated the news since Christmas. But how much do you know about that workforce? Joining me with a sort of radio quiz on facts about feds, Mallory Barg-Bowman, Vice President for Research and Evaluation at the Partnership for Public Service. And Mallory, I would say one of the little understood things about the partnership is how much detail it has about the federal workforce. And so let's start with who are they? First of all, how old are they? Let's start so that's there. a great question, Tom, and thanks for having me. I, you know, with the, with the current shutdown, all of a sudden, there's a lot more conversation around the federal workforce. Who are they, and and what they do? You know, as we look at the federal workforce, we're talking about two million federal civilian employees. It's important to note that when I talk about these numbers, I'm not talking about the legislative or the judicial branches. I'm not talking about the intelligence community or the U.S. Postal Service. So what we're talking about is the full-time, non-seasonal, permanent federal civilian workforce. So we're talking about 2 million federal employees, about 70% of whom work in defense and security-related agencies. So about 18% of them are employed by the VA, 12% employed by the Army, 10% by the Navy, and just under 10% at Department of Homeland Security. You had asked about the age of this workforce. About 18% of them are retirement eligible at this moment. So they really are eligible to retire, you know, as we're speaking. They also tend to skew a little on the older side. Right now, only about 6% of government workers are under the age of 30. When you compare that to the private sector, the private sector has about 24% of workers under the age of 30. When you look at the percent of the workforce over the age of 50, in government, it's about 45%. And in the private sector, you're looking at about 33% over the age of 50. Yeah, I found that really striking that four to one people under 30 in the private sector and the government. That's, I guess we've discussed that before, but it's amazing. It becomes even more pronounced, interestingly enough, and problematically, is um, in the IT workforce, where there are five times as many IT workers over the age of 50 as those under the age of 30. And that is really troubling when you think about the rate of change in the IT space. You really do want to make sure you have the young generation coming in and serving and making sure that you have that pipeline of talent available to to meet our nation's needs. And the other thing I found striking is the education level of the federal employee on average is greater than that of, well, it's greater than average. There are a number of studies out there looking at the pay of the federal workforce, comparing it to the private sector. And a lot of times what I find of those studies is you're not really comparing apples and apples. You know, and, and if you look at those studies, and, and GAO did a nice job comparing those studies you know, a couple of years ago, um, when you look at individual positions, you find the discrepancies are a little more notable. You know, when you, when you look at the education level of the federal workforce, they are much more likely than the private sector to have a bachelor's degree or an advanced degree. Right at this moment, about 32% of federal workers have a bachelor's degree. When you compare that, only about 25% of the private sector has, has a bachelor's degree. Then you look at an advanced degree, about 20% of feds have some type of advanced degree, and only about 15% of private sector employees have an advanced degree. So you're really talking about a highly educated workforce. Yeah, it's a bunch of smart old folks, isn't it? (laughs) 
I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> We're speaking with Mallory Barg Bowman, Vice President for Research and Evaluation at the Partnership for Public Service. And some of the other figures I found interesting were the 20 year trends that uh, you show relative to the makeup of the workforce. That is to say, the amount of clerical and blue collar employees as a percentage of the workforce has really dropped pretty steadily. When you look at how old the general schedule is, when you look at how old the pay and compensation practices of the federal government are, um, you also have to really look at the fact that the nature of federal work has changed so dramatically. Since 1998, the percent of personal, I'm sorry, of professional and administrative employees has risen 11%, and the percent of clerical employees has dropped about 5%. So you really have seen a I'll call it a professionalization of the federal workforce. And, you know, as as federal jobs have become increasingly knowledge-based, they've required those higher degrees and, and more training that we saw reflected in, in the educational experience of federal employees. And what about some of the race and ethnicity trends and how do they compare with the private sector and the nation at large? One of the troubling trends we see with race and ethnicity is you know, when you look at the lower levels of the general schedule, and, and I'm referring to that as GS4 and below, there's actually more minority federal employees than non-minority federal employees. However, as we look at the general schedule, as you move up in grades and look at the senior executive service, and, and you know, we, we all know that that is correlated also with pay, the percent of minority employees drops dramatically, and the percent of non-minority employees goes up dramatically. So while the federal government does reflect the diversity of our work of our nation at some of the, the lower levels, we do want to make sure that we're focusing on some programs that are in place to really make sure that we have diversity in the higher levels of the general schedule as well as the senior executive service. And is that improving over time? That's something actually that we need to look at about how that's how that is changing over time. That's not something the partnership has looked at yet, but uh, certainly something that we plan on looking at in the near future. What about the stability? That is to say, departures, new hires. Those are some interesting trends, too. We saw the number of new hires plummet dramatically between 2016 and 2017. We're looking at some of the final numbers for 2018 right now, but you know, things like a shutdown, things like the federal hiring freezes that we've seen take place really have brought the number of new hires down below the rate of departures. So, you know, in a sense, what we know is that more people are leaving the federal government than are being hired by the federal government. Additionally, it's taking agencies a longer time to hire employees than they hope. Um, We do know that competition for federal talent is, is high. We know competition for any talent is high. Private sector employees, private sector employers face this issue as well. But right now, the average day to hire uh, for federal employees has risen to over 100 days. And really, at that point, you're losing some of your very top candidates because they, frankly, aren't willing to wait. And getting to the shutdown, which is really, uh, well, factually unprecedented in length, it makes the earlier ones, most of them seem like just hiccups. Do you think this will have an effect on people's perception of, do I really want to work there when it comes to the federal government? Yeah, you know, I think that... You know, federal government has always been a place for people who care deeply about the mission of federal agencies. They want to make a difference. They want to make sure our food supply is safe. They want to make sure our nation is safe. They want, you know, people to get the best education that's possible. They want to make sure they care about, 
you know, housing low-income residents. There is no place where you can make the kind of difference that you can make in the federal government. That being said, when people are not able to do their work, they're not able to report to work, they're not able to meet that mission of the agency, you lose that proposition. You're not able to really be able to recruit the best and brightest. Similarly, you know, the Partnership for Public Service over the past decade has looked at best places to work in the federal government. This is an analysis we do based on OPM survey of federal employees. And we find there are three drivers of engagement every year. The first is leadership. You want to make sure agencies have really strong leaders. The second is skills mission match. So, so again, it gets to this notion of can employees make a difference? Can they use their skills to meet the mission of their agency? And the third is pay. You know, no matter how much you love your job, at the end of the day, if you're not able to make ends meet, if you're not getting a paycheck, you're not going to be as engaged and you're not ultimately going to stay in that job. And that's something that, that we've seen for more than 10 years of data. Mallory Bard-Bowman is Vice President for Research and Evaluation at the Partnership for Public Service. As always, thanks so much. Thanks very much, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. SMS text, 9.32 p.m. Hey, man, I'm not home yet. Grabbing a quick drink with my lady friend, LOL. But just wait for me there, dude. The spare key is under the big gray planter by the garage. Peace. When you send messages on SMS, someone else could be reading them. With end-to-end -end encryption, WhatsApp ensures that your personal messages are your personal messages. WhatsApp. Always message privately.